0: what's going on people welcome back to the show the zero sum game podcast where we talk about all things worldly related today on the show i'm joined by a very special friend of mine shana shana joins me on the show to talk what's like moving to london from belgium um she actually works as a flight attendant for ba for a number of months so i asked her about you know what's like being a flight attendant also growing up in belgium what was it actually like for being a you know colored person in belgium uh i start off the show by asking her how as she's getting on so far during this pandemic i should adjust into working from home i should adjust into you know not be able to see people isolating and am victoria host enjoy the show so what's going yeah. on
1: nothing much to be honest um, obviously you know just getting through this time um, trying to stay busy as well there's not much going on at work um, so yeah
0: so we're like wait so like obviously you can't go back to work right now like so um, are you still kind of working for more right now or are you like you know
1: well the thing is there is only so much that I can do as obviously you know we're a small company or yeah. it's company I work for Um, so I work let's say two days a week from home okay. and the rest I'm furloughed
0: oh so i find that like i was like so I does that actually walk i actually work from home, so i'm not like in that situation so what's, what's the situation like for you
1: well so basically obviously it's roughly two days a week but i okay. kind of spread it out so there are a few moments throughout the week where i just you know sign in and do whatever i need to do whether it's reporting rotors, um, sending out a few emails payroll mm-hmm. uh, so it is quite flexible i'm not gonna say oh every monday and every wednesday i work for all day yeah you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. it's more just like bits and pieces um over the week okay you know it's very minimum capacity we normally have four sides open full time okay um and now we just have one side on and takeaway and delivery
0: so and- like the staff that actually how are they finding because obviously they they aren't actually getting any money right now or right, they're getting a little money but obviously that isn't enough so uh, they can't complain to you Are they like you know what well, can you do to actually them out
1: well the thing is I mean there's always going to be um someone is always going to be disadvantaged this whole shenanigans going on you know there is only so much that I can do as well because the shop that is still open mm-hmm. operates with only three staff members as a whole oh, wow. which we, normally we have up to ten staff members mm-hmm in one day so what I try to do is to be as fair as possible and try to make sure that everyone is at least gets a little bit of money okay. so those who are, are unfortunately were not able to be furloughed because they started too late mm. um, I try to give them the most shift because okay. you know otherwise they don't have any income at all um, so that's what I try to do and then um, next to that you know those who are on very very like low low furlough um, because of certain meters and whatnot i try to give them a, a shift here and there and just try to mix it up because yeah. you know next to the whole financial thing there is also the the mental health thing so if someone says you know sean i'm going batshit crazy at home can i do something or you know can i get a shift here and there yeah even if it's just one shift for, but for that person you know they need to get up they need to get ready they see a few other people they're not in their four walls anymore yeah so it's sometimes it's a little bit of like um a puzzle but you know and and you try to do good for everyone but of course be someone who's gonna say like oh shit you know um this really doesn't work for me but there's not much that we can do otherwise at the moment so yeah
0: what about yourself so you actually talk about the mental power of it like so are we adjusting the (laughs) mental power of all of this
1: see the the thing is that i think over the years um i already had that i already like met myself in terms of like who am i what all my insecurities nah, 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 nah. so since a few years I kind of know who I am and, and what I can handle okay. um, and I like to be on my own as well funny enough um, <laughs> I, I don't believe very, that. Yeah, I'm a very outgoing person, and I like to go fun stuff. But I'm also very happy to just stay indoors and be on my couch and whatnot. Okay,
0: okay. Uh,
1: so I'm actually, you know, I'm actually doing quite well. I'm not gonna lie. The fact that I live with, you know, one of my close friends um, is also a huge help because yeah. even though we're both, when we're both at home, at the end of the day, um, it's like with your friend, which is quite nice. Definitely. Um, definitely. So it's not that I'm completely, or I don't live with strangers, or I'm completely alone. So that perspective i'm doing quite well um the only thing that that's now getting to me is like i'm just bored
0: (laughs) yeah i can imagine you though
1: yeah because there's only so much that you can do you know big banana bread and all that kind of shenanigans that other people have been doing the past lockdown Mm -hmm. it's fun but you can't make a banana loaf every single week you know that's
0: just exactly exactly
1: Uh, so but you know i think the previous lockdowns i was a lot tired um it was also summer so I went out yeah. and with this one well basically i started doing this ever i think end of november like end of november early december i decided to start working out again okay. um just you know to get my fitness back up and running and it's just a lot more more chilled you know i don't have the hassle and from work and commuting and whatnot so it's a lot easier to start working out so i started doing that um i do three days on one day off three days on again so you know that's going quite well so
0: with um, your, um fitness do you just kind of follow like you know what you see on youtube or because because i've seen a lot of videos on youtube about, about like people
1: well yeah more or less so i've i've there are a few like fitness influencers, whatnot, yeah. who, who do these like really great stretching videos. Because um, I'm not flexible at all, so <laughs> my warm up and my, my cool downs and whatnot, um, I do all of these things, you know, on these on YouTube videos because yeah. it's just it's a nice easy fit. Um, but then I, I basically return back to doing body combat. Okay. So it's it's like invisible uh, martial art, martial arts workout that I do.
0: Okay, so um, how do you, how do you get into that life? So I've never I've never heard like that before, you know, what, body combat. Mm, That's new okay. to
1: me. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, like I said, it's basically it's a mixture of boxing, karate, taekwondo, kickboxing. So you do all of the movements mm-hmm. um, as a workout. Um, but the funny thing is it's popular but it's not popular as in mainstream so if you go on YouTube there yeah. are barely any videos that you can find because it's, it's so selective and it's only one um, organisation that kind of gives certificates to trainers.
0: How did you find out about that then?
1: years and years and years ago when i lived back in belgium i went to my local gym and then they had a body combat class so i was like oh what is this so i tried it out and i was like oh i like this because you're like jumping up and down um doing karate kicks and whatnot like a ninja um but yet again you know it's on up-tempo music and it's really intense so i was like that's quite awesome actually exactly so i was like oh i like this you know you do some boxing you get to like kick out and box out the the,
0: the... (laughs) self-defense basically right
1: exactly and you know well not really self-defense but at the end of the day you're also move like you're using your muscles you're using your abs and your triceps and your biceps but not just in a in a traditional way as in you know doing 20 sit-ups for yeah, three
0: yeah, yeah. kind of nonsense yeah so actually I apologize you know. I actually didn't, didn't get to introduce myself like so do you want to tell like people like you know, where you're from what you do uh, we just kind of jump into this conversation so that was my bad
1: victor um, <laughs> no so my name is shana um i'm a, a very close friend to victor the host, uh, <laughs> the host <laughs> no, but my name is shana i'm um 29 going into 30 into 2021 Woo-hoo! That's, that's nice. um and i live in london now for three years oh my god this month it will be three years that i live here originally from belgium born and raised. um and yeah Living, living the life in London, loving the life. I work in hospitality right. as a are and operations manager. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, in a nutshell.
0: You're from Belgium, so do you speak, like, French and Dutch or, and English? Or, like, how does that Because Yeah, because I know in some cities they speak Dutch, and then in some cities they speak French. Or, but I know in Antwerp, I think the capital, they speak both Dutch and French. So, how does that actually work in Belgium?
1: Well, um, so, yes, I do speak both um however my hometown is actually Antwerp but we're not the capital with this oh
0: brussels up. sorry 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 my bad, uh, my bad my bad my bad
1: so yeah in brussels they do well officially they speak both in reality that's another another situation going on what's, what's the uh, situation so on paper um brussels is um well is bilingual okay. the, um, Basically, it's Flemish because that's our dialect. So Flemish and French. Um, however, the majority of the people will only speak French and bare minimum of Flemish. Oh, seriously? But, uh, yeah, yeah. It's something to do with schools and whatnot. But um, as I'm, oh, I'm old, as I grew up in Antwerp. Um, and I was born in Antwerp as well So I speak Flemish Like my entire family on my mum's side Are mm. all Flemish speaking people um, So I grew up in Flemish But I also speak French okay. um, we got, Well we we had it in school For like years and years and years um, And then an ex-boyfriend who speaks French as well Was a huge help as well <laughs>
0: Ex-boyfriend, <laughs> you know, ex-boyfriend. Come on, come on,
1: Shana. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I speak, uh, I speak Flemish fluently, I speak French very good, um, and I speak English.
0: Did you learn English from school, or did you just kind of learn like so? How's the work over there? Because obviously, like,
1: yeah, well, yeah, because my dad is American, um, even though I didn't grow up with him, my mom, she really thought it was important for me to learn English. So, okay. every I was very, very little, she she started to teach me English, um, new yeah. few words here and there, and then. Um, one of my, like my best friend when I was a child, um, her dad was American as well. And like over summer holidays and whatnot, we were often together. So I, I learned to speak English at her house. Um, and obviously in secondary school from a certain year, you get English at school. Um, so that's where you pick it up. Um, but yeah, that's basically where I learned. And then at one, I, I love to read, love, love, love to read. Um, and at one point I just started reading in English as well. Cause it's like, oh, you know, This is actually quite quite good and it's quite easy as well. So I think for ever since I was sixteen I've been reading books only in English, every now and then in Dutch, but mainly in English. Oh wow, okay. And and that helps, you know, and then you obviously you have you watch a movie or something else and then you switch off the subtitles so the only the only sound that you have is English or you keep the subtitles on and you you match whether the subtitles subtitles are correct or not correct um and it basically from there but I do have to say Victor before I thought my English was great um but it's only ever since I moved to London that I think my English got even more like refined okay okay um because it's it's such about a certain vocabulary isn't yeah. it I think it's also because you deal with a lot more official communication you live in an English-speaking country
0: Definitely And
1: you pick up certain words You know, even at work um, It doesn't matter where you work There's certain Like there is a certain language Like business English Or business communication um, That you don't necessarily Pick up on mm-hmm. uh, So yeah I've noticed that my English Like got a lot more advanced And a lot more professional um, Ever work since I've been working here Especially if my friends From Belgium speak English yeah. Sometimes I'm cringing I'm like really no, <laughs> no, no, no not, that. Cool, <laughs> not cool, not cool, not cool Not cool yeah
0: you actually mentioned your dad was american like so do you kind of go to america a lot or is it just like you know so what's what's going on with that situation
1: well i used to go a lot um to the u.s i would definitely say at at least once a year um just you know to visit to visit the family over there
0: yeah
1: but obviously now that i live in london because my crazy self just packed up my bag and moved on my own um, so every one of my family is still in belgium so now i have have to choose between obviously going to Belgium and then going to the US but at the end of the day, you know There is a huge price gap as well and a whole travel gap. I can go to Belgium for a weekend. I get there in in a two hour train ride or 45 45 minute plane plane flight. But going to the US, you need like different time zones. You need days off from work, blah, 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 blah. blah. It costs you a lot more money as well. So ever since I've been here in in the UK for three years now, I haven't been gone back. Um, So yeah, obviously I keep in touch with them. But I was actually meant to go in 2020, but well, (laughs) um, Um, And then I said, you know what, I'm going to go in 2021. But obviously, with them crazy Americans trying to make a fucking coup... (laughs) Um, you know This week I'm just like mm, Let me just hold on actually to work.
0: Be in the situation exactly, exactly Exactly
1: Exactly And I mean Truth be told You know America is very big and, and my family They live in New York And yeah. it's not the same Because New York Is like a world On its own But still It's very uncertain Politically And you know The president The president is about To switch um, Like do the inauguration yeah, And whatnot yeah. So I'm just like You know what Let me just like See so
0: what's actually Going happen for us
1: right Yeah and, and also With the whole coronavirus I mean, they're not doing great. No one really is, looks like it, paying attention. So many people think it's absolute bullshit, but I don't want to end up in an, in an ER in the United States either. I'm going to be broke, homeless. <laughs> like, their bills are crazy. Crazy. Absolutely so, crazy. But now I'm just like, you know what? I'll just wait. I'll just okay, wait. Okay.
0: So, like, tell me, actually, what made you move to London in the first place? Like, obviously, like, you're from Belgium. So what, what kind of made you decide, listen, I'm going to pack my bags and then kind of, like, you know, move to London, big city, you know what I'm saying? New people. Did you know Anyone yeah. over here, you, what influenced
1: you? <laughs> I actually didn't move for that reason, to be honest, okay. at all. Um, I had a job with BA. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and in the beginning, when I first got the job, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna commute.
0: Commute from Belgium to London?
1: Yeah, exactly, because wow. obviously, it's not, it was, I was, a, um, I got hired for as a flight attendant, so you don't have Monday to Friday jobs. So I thought, you know what, I might, I might as well, whenever I have a flight, leave the day before or leave the same day and then, you know, go to work and da-da-da-da-da. But then I was thinking, you know what, maybe it's just best. If I just you know go and and move, uh-huh. so um, I think in like a month before I was actually about to start my training, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna move to I'm gonna move to London. Um, and at that time, I've only been here once when I was 18 years old oh, wow. um, as a birthday present with my nan. I couldn't even remember like much of it anymore either, to be honest. Um, but like I didn't, I had no idea what I was going into. Like, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine place? you know. I, it was mad it was absolutely mad and the funny thing is because over those months i had to come to london to like do paperwork and go to like apply for visas and and, and all sorts of things and i remember i went to the u.s embassy to get a visa and i I was walking around now to be known as Mayfair, but I had no idea back then. And <laughs> I was just walking around, walking around, and now when I'm walking in that same area again, I just laugh, because I'm like, oh my God, I was here, oh and I had no, no idea. I basically walked from Mayfair, um, Grosvenor Square, which okay. is close to Hyde Park, like, all the way to, like, Soho. Like, like Soho, Soho. I did not pass Carnaby Street. I did not pass <laughs> Oxford wow. Street. I had no idea where I was. I was just walking around. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, to be fair, you know what, Victor? I think that was the best day to do it Because yeah. moving to a city... You had absolutely no idea. Like, you don't know the city. You you hear the stories. But that's about it. I did not know how anything worked. and I, I mean, never heard of the NHS even before. Um oh, okay. When I came. But it also kept me with an open mind. Because <laughs> same thing. You know, I was not biased about, oh, living in South, living in North, West, East, whatnot. You
0: probably didn't know, like... It- World Northwest, or do you, you use London's just a big city, so you probably didn't even care about all that?
1: Exactly, exactly. So, for me, it was just all about you know, I need a, I need a place to work, um, I need a place, well, I need a place to stay more or less. Um, where will I stay? And you know, which is not that far from Heathrow because obviously I need to do training there. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how I, did, I, I ended up here, but nothing ever since. I'm not gonna lie.
0: What was your very first impression of London in London? I find like people can be quite a bit distant, so you can't get the same impression as well. Or- Right. What was that like for you? Like
1: for you? Well, the, the funny thing is, I think that for me personally, I almost felt like coming home. Like I was finally able to be fully myself without, oh, yeah, without constant like playing myself or mm. you know trying to do your very, very best. And I think because Belgian people, they're very, very closed off as well. But also, and they're not going to like this um, that I tell them, but like, I believe deep down, they're very biased and, and racist. Oh, seriously? The person, they, yeah, they don't even realize. Wow you know for me as a colored person thank god you know i have a full a full flemish name so people can't even notice but for me as a colored person you know it's always something like they're either shocked that i speak flemish so fluently because they already expected that, that i speak french hmm. um or you know they're like oh but you're quite all right like you you behave or they come and ask me you know um do you have any african attributes without actually fully realizing you that's
0: know, crazy actually. Exactly.
1: That's bits and pieces and also always in, in terms of like work and whatnot I mean you always have a disadvantage just because of your color yeah. um you know they're, they're trying to improve but it's, it's very hard for them because like I said the majority doesn't even realize that they do it um but also just a little bit more diversity in, in everything I mean I only saw um a colored surgeon in one hospital once in my life in Belgium and That's I've been crazy. to plenty hospitals and plenty of appointments um um, just because the diversity is not as big there.
0: I actually d- didn't realize that, you know, because I thought, like, you know, like, Brussels, for example, like, you see, like, a lot of, you know, a lot of, like, kind of maybe black people, a lot of, like, maybe Congolese origin people from in Brussels. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't realize, like, Belgium was like this. When you were growing up, though, did you have a lot of, like, black kids in your class? Did you have a lot of, like, mixed race kids in your class? Or were you just, were you kind of, like, maybe
1: one or two of you? Oh, no. Um, I mean, I, w- I was the only one. Wow. I was the only one. Exactly. I was the only one in my class. Um, maybe, i think for like a year or half a year there was one other child that I've, every now and then came in but i was pretty much the only one um did that affect
0: you in any way though did, did that make you like see things a bit differently
1: well you know what the thing is in, the, in that perspective i was quite lucky because the the people in my class they were the same people that i came with from kindergarten with yeah so ever since kindergarten and then the whole entire length of primary school i always was with them so for us we all knew each other regardless of yeah. my color um but then again also you know a big difference is my mom she she's obviously she's um she's mixed race as well but she's very light-gined. Yeah. um so for them it's not all of like in their faces if that makes any sense um because it's still like oh yeah for so them, they can still see the white in you
0: yeah I get, yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely
1: definitely uh and and also you know my mom she was always very very strict in terms of you know how how we use the language like no slang you always need to be very polite um and then i think you know for the majority it was kind of like oh okay because like i said it was not in their faces almost like we're, we're gonna disbehave or whatever like wow um but yeah so i for me personally it was it was quite all right just because i knew i knew all these children and and i knew their parents and their, their parents knew me but obviously when you go into secondary school yeah. um you go to like a very very big school and then yeah it was a little bit different um yeah yeah
0: so like do you think that, that has that like maybe changed a bit now obviously this is 2021 there's more or, you know do you think there's more diversity now in belgium or do you think like you know what's actually oh, really going on there right now
1: there is there is a lot more um diversity i mean also things Things have changed, isn't it? Over the years, a lot more um, people from other other parts of the world have come and settled in Belgium. Um, so now it's not even uncommon anymore to have a um, Mohammed from Morocco and a um, you know an Uzgun from from Turkey <laughs> Uzgun, you know <laughs> <laughs> from from Turkey in your class together with a Sarah from Belgium. You know, yeah. um, it, it's all much very very much diverse and and you get you see that a lot of children you know they're now more or less they all hang out yeah but um that doesn't mean obviously because it's not because the children they hang out more and whatnot that the problem is is resolved, resolved no yeah. but yeah so like i said for me that was almost like like a breather you know i come here and you see diversity in all levels it yeah. doesn't matter you can have a colored ceo um you can have a muslim ceo or you see a doctor or, or a gp who's colored and also you know when when someone calls your name you, you can't tell by their faces that they're expecting completely someone else yeah definitely
0: um,
1: which is one of the things you know that I had whenever the, someone called my name in Belgium for an appointment whether it's at the bank or at the doctors whatnot, and they call my name they never look at me because they don't expect me to have that name because it's yeah. a, um, and then whenever it's you know let's say um, not a Belgian a name and then they look at me like waiting to stand up and I'm like why are you, lo- why, why are you looking at me like not my name not yeah,
0: yeah, I actually find that fascinating because like yeah kind of like because my experience is a bit different because obviously i i've got like an african nigerian yoba name so mm. it's like people know i'm black you know what i'm saying so like not even the thing where okay they're expecting someone different people like also obviously by my accent you can tell by you can tell maybe african or whatever people can mm. tell that you know i am like african i am black i am you know whatever but then just your experience i just find that so fascinating though especially like in belgium as well it's just mind-blowing it, you know it
1: helped me a lot i'm not gonna lie whenever i was applying for a job yeah. or on the phone to like a bank or even you know trying to rent an apartment because um, they couldn't tell and especially you know if I put my telephone voice on you can definitely not tell yeah um so it did help me a lot and then by the time I get an interview or I get an appointment and they see me then you like can it's see- too late <laughs> exactly they're, they're surprised because they're like oh but then you already made a good impression because yeah, they're like exactly, exactly. I, I didn't tell Ooh, you know she's very well integrated well obviously i was born and raised here but you yeah. know um so yeah but like i said that's one of the of the perks here that i really really like mm-hmm. um, you know the freedom just to do what you want to do if you're good at it that's the most important thing um if you're qualified you're good at it and you're motivated that's what matters i mean there will always be situations where the whole racial thing comes back into play.
0: Definitely, definitely. That's, to me, like, that's that's never actually going like, to change, though, you know I'm or I'm not, probably not in our lifetime, you know what I'm saying, the way, like, you know, there's always going to be aspects of racism, there's always going to be an aspect of, you know, kind of like a white man, whatever, but then, yeah, it's, I feel like it's kind of up to us to kind of change that, you know, change those views, you know.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's why I'm also very grateful to the company that I work with, because yeah. obviously, you know, working in HR and operations um, regardless whether it's for a big company or a small company I am very proud that you know first of all I am a woman thank you very much (laughs) Um, I am a woman but I'm also like a coloured woman um, which you know which is which I think is great I think it's great Um, and it also it kind of sets the tone it says a lot about the owners of the company Um, they're more like you know what for us it doesn't matter you know if you fit within the company if you do your job well that's all what matters and it shows out a really good, it sends out a really good message for whoever wants to join a company. As in, you know, you can be who you are. That's fine.
0: You moved to London to, be, to offer BA as a flight attendant. So how did you get from um, BA to HR? Like, what's the story behind that?
1: Well, I've, I did HR before my whole aviation career. Um, oh, so so you, went...
0: you did HR in Belgium before?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, So I, I did HR in Belgium before. And then um, mainly or specifically recruitment, recruitment. Um, recruitment and selection and then afterwards i'm um hr admin okay and then um i kind of like i wanted a career change because i wanted to travel and whatnot but yeah. instead of you know um like other people say i'm gonna travel and live in hostels and work abroad i was like yeah. no i'm gonna stay in belgium work and then be able to travel so i went into aviation
0: okay okay um, was that easy to get into I
1: started, I started my aviation career as a ground agent um, as a ground agent and i had some customer service experience before so that was obviously a huge help, yeah, um, and then what? Well, now I've calmed down a little bit, but you know I have the tendency I get bored really easily. Like I always want to learn something new and and you know stay interested and exciting. So if I do something too long or I feel that it. has become like a routine, I need to I need to do something else. I need to find a challenge. Uh, so I was doing ground agents. I got up to a certain level um, within that department um, that I couldn't go any higher. Anymore. Anymore. So I was like, okay, you know what? Might as well just, you know, be on the other side because obviously I see the passengers when they come to the airport, they check okay. in, I them on the plane, I say bye bye, close the plane door, and that's it, they're off. And I was like, now I want to be on the other side. I wanna be the one that says, you know, hey, welcome on board. Okay. Bring them to the destination and then say bye-bye. How
0: many years were your ground agent for?
1: I was a ground agent um for pretty much the majority of my career. I would say two years and a half. Okay. Yeah, more or less two years and a half. And then just the last the, the last few months in that um career i was a flight attendant um and basically through circumstances um that came to an abrupt halt but if i reflect on it now yeah. I, I i'm not even sad about it that it that it, it like ended. that it, yeah that it ended um because i ha- i got to see pretty amazing destinations over mm. those that I, that i worked as a flight attendant but mostly as well i got to i got in touch with the ugly side of the job oh seriously uh,
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie to you like i, I as a kid, like when I would travel with my parents, I I, I would see like flight attendants. i like, oh my god, that's that's an awesome job. But mm-hmm. I, I I got to realize maybe it's not actually what it looks to be.
1: You know what it is, Victor. Like I had the same I had the same thought. You know, oh it's an amazing job. You get to sleep in hotels. Yeah, travel. You get to travel. You get to see destinations. But what you what you forget to think about is how first of all how long are you there for? Because yeah. <laughs> how long are you there on that other destination? And then second of all, you completely underestimate what it is to be on an airplane for so long because flight attendants honestly, they don't really sit down and if they're able to sit down it's on a very uncomfortable chair on top of it um and all also that whole duration of the flight you need to be on a high alert because you need to watch the passengers you need to make sure that everyone behaves but you also need to check you know are there not any signs of distress on the aircraft or like in case of an emergency so you're constantly on high 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 alert while being awake and okay it's fine if you do a 45-minute flight here and there or a two hour flight but as soon as you go to these third, like far destinations you know like I did South Africa wow. um, I did South Africa I did Singapore I did Sydney um like you're very exhausting and it's not always as in oh you know what it's night time I wake up at 8am I go yeah. to the airport and I fly to my destination no um a lot of them they fly overnight so yeah. you need to kind of like okay prepare your whole day what am I gonna do today because at 4pm I need to get ready I need to be in Heathrow at 6pm um, because my flight leaves at 9pm so that's crazy of,
0: that's actually it,
1: crazy exactly and then that sounds
0: exhausting as well you know
1: exactly because obviously for us you know you, you get there three hours in advance yeah. um, because you need to do prep first you need to do your luggage then you need to have like a team briefing with the captain and the other flight attendants get all through everything you need to go onto the plane you need to do a security check like all sorts of nonsense and then you need to start flying for 13 hours on plane <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy exactly and it's not every hotel is not next door so you do all of that to then sometimes hear like oh fyi we're only staying here for 24 hours or we're only staying here for 48 hours because of the massive time zone difference and jet lag and whatnot so then you're like what the fuck is this like really seriously do you want to see something yeah i would love to but how like it's either i i cut in my sleep um or and and go out and, and sightsee or or don't but also you know you spend money. Like if you want to see stuff, you spend you have to spend money. Definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, I got to see a few places. So
0: what's the best place you've been to actually?
1: Um boom, 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 boom. I would say And they're why? all well, what? they're all really great, but with South Africa we only stay there for twenty four hours. So what'd what,
0: what you guys South after do you go to Cape Town, Johannesburg, Durban?
1: We went to Johannesburg. Johannesburg,
0: Durban, okay.
1: Exactly. But you know, also because you you're you're working, obviously you're in Johannesburg and you're off the plane but you're still on a work trip so yeah, the company advises you not to leave the hotel because of the local situation is too unstable. yeah, it's, you can't just then say get up and going so and and again like I said it was too short we stayed there for 24 hours and I got there in the morning like <laughs> wow at 9am in the morning like, yeah, exactly and then I, I flew I just flew 10 hours so obviously you're going to sleep because you're tired, tired
0: yeah. and
1: then you have one evening where you can then do something and then the next day at 11 you're going away again so like can't really do you can't really go on a sari or whatnot that sounds um, hectic man it, it really is hectic and this is what I'm saying I wasn't even bummed that after a few months like mm. the adventure ended because I was like okay this is not worth it you know I'd rather than just spend the money yeah. um, spend a ticket and just know and actually see the country and see the destination definitely um, definitely. Then, then just you know live off of room service or the hotel kitchen and the hotel breakfast because that's another thing at one point you just get so sick of because um, not every not all of the meals are provided for you either so you also need to think of that so yeah it, it's long man
0: how are the pilots actually like would it would it be nice to you guys would they be like just like you know it bit be difficult like what's kind of the relationship between pilots and flight attendants
1: you've it, i think it's like everywhere where you have like um certain senior management and and you know just team and staff Yeah, certain certain pilots that are really really friendly and really nice and respectful and you you have other ones that are just absolute complete dickheads you know they don't wow. care um they're, they're just grumpy Grumpy yeah. people No matter their age They're young They're old Doesn't matter And you have other ones Who are very nice And respectful um, Who are willing To show you everything and, yeah. and you also have A few stereotypes You know Those who jump into bed With other flight attendants um, Are you serious? Yeah. Wow
0: man That's mad That's uh, mad
1: So yeah How many months Were
0: you work, working for BA for?
1: Oh my god So I did it I was actually flying For three months Yeah Okay Which is a short period of time But yeah. in those three months Like I said so, I did Singapore, Sydney. I did a Johannesburg. I did a Shanghai. Um, uh, so, Johannesburg, Shanghai, Singapore, Sydney. I went to Iceland, there and That's back. Crazy. Yeah, like so many, so many other things. Um, like a few short hauls as well. Oh, I, I had a night in France. I did a night in Rome- In Budapest.
0: Wow. That's
1: Hungary, I think. Um, yeah. And all in that three months' time. So, literally, you know, I was flying left, right, and center. And center. <laughs> Left, left right and center and after three months i was like oh god they i, get I it.
0: can't do this no more this is it yeah
1: well it's it wasn't even that um like like i said my adventure abruptly ended but i wasn't even that sad about
0: Baltimore,
1: it yeah i was like okay you know what i've done it this is a sign if, if i if i did so much in three months time mm-hmm. is it really like is it really worth it yeah. um comparing to the salary and whatnot because the salary wasn't even that great and if now obviously because i've been out of that in for so long mm-hmm. if i known if i would have known what i know now victor i don't even think that i would have done the job are you because, serious yeah because especially here in london there's so much more money that you can make yeah. and a more stable life than doing that job with that type of money that's
0: mad but, you were there for three months and then how did you kind of like get into your new job then in terms of like you know what was your next step
1: I had a, I had a, a trans- yeah I had a transitioning um, period because me personally I have kind of a mentality I'm just like you know what I don't care what I need to do to get money I'll do it like mm. I'm not too big obviously maybe saying no no I don't even care I worked in a nightclub before as a toilet lady so I don't really are you serious yeah like literally I'm, um, I'm, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do it full yeah. time but I'm there just to get some money I'm not of picky. course of course. you know the hustle can be real um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, feel uh, you. I feel you so yeah after that, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna go back. I want to go back into HR, but obviously, being out of it for three years, just in general office life, I I um gave myself a transitioning period.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So obviously, that's when I worked went to work um just at the reception desk to be honest, just to get into the whole nine HR, to five. Yeah. Them, um, working, you know, with Outlook on a computer mm. all day, blah 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 blah. blah. Mm. Um, was that um,
0: big adjustment in terms of, like going from like you know flying around the world to like, night to five, like
1: in the beginning in the beginning yeah um, but obviously you know you find your way quite easily um, the only hard part was getting up every single morning because for three years long I was working in shift yeah. so sometimes I could sleep in because I had to work late sometimes mm-hmm. I had to work really early but now it was every single time I need to wake up at 6.30 7 um, if I was lucky so that was a, a big adjustment in the beginning but um, you know now I'm, I'm used to it and I think it worked out well because you know I worked um, just under a year I think yeah I worked just under a year as a receptionist yeah. the company where I met you woohoo mm-hmm.
0: uh, <laughs> yes 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 uh,
1: and then I went to do this job and you know this gives me a lot more flexibility because I can basically make my own hours um, it was closer to home as well because obviously I've, I've been living in um, West London yeah. ever since I arrived and then um, that previous company was like East like, London
0: so, yeah yeah central
1: and now i'm back into west london because now my office is in notting hill so that was one big relief less commute um, and now it's even the best of both worlds you know because i've been there for almost two years in a company where i work now and i kind of make my own my own schedule so if i say oh i'm gonna be in the office at 9 a.m two days a week that's fine um so yeah it was it was good you know yeah
0: so do you want to like you know stay in hr or do you like What's the future for Shana? Mm,
1: well, the thing is, um, I would love to stay in HR. Um, however, I would love to com- um, make a combination between HR and operations, what I do now. Because okay. um, don't, don't get me wrong, I really like, you know, I, I like the pro- policies and I like the procedures and, you know, getting everything set up and, and, and this and this and that. Um, what I do find sometimes a little bit annoying is rewriting all of these policies and procedures. Because, um, you know, it's a new year, you need to adjust them, it's a new system, you need to you need to update them and whatnot, which takes a little bit long. Um and funny enough, I don't really enjoy the recruitment. Seriously. Um, ah, oh, it's so it's so time consuming. Oh Why? in terms
0: of what it, like in terms of hours time consuming? It's
1: it's it's just very long. First you need to go to, through all of the applications, screen them, then you need to call the ones that you got that you selected, but not everyone always speaks up. You need to send emails, then you need to send invitations for like an interview, then they don't show up and ah. Oh, oh before you know it like a whole day is gone and you have like three interviews planned Uh, so yeah it's very time consuming because obviously at the moment I'm a one woman's team as well Yeah. Um, yeah at least that's a good thing with COVID There's, there hasn't been much sele- uh, recruitment and selection that I had to do um, so yeah but I think it, for the future obviously to do what I do now but just have someone to like join my team um, and perhaps you know can kind of like do all of the updating of the policies and, and, and this and this and that so I can focus as well on the operations side okay, okay. Uh, but yeah definitely in that direction of, of operations and um, HR.
0: I just go back to Belgium for a second. Um, What's the what is the situation like over there? Is it is there like a full lockdown as well over there, or are people bit more like you know um, not it as seriously as London?
1: No, no, not anymore, not anymore. Um, so they don't have a full lockdown store like shops are open, hospitality so hospitality hairdressers are all closed. Okay. Um and shops are open, but um obviously you have a one person rule, so you can only go shopping on your own, not with any other family members or uh, friends. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, I think there is still an evening curfew as well um, depending on the region or the area where you're in so I think Brussels has an evening curfew at, from 10pm until 6am okay. um, I know Antwerp has a curfew I think from midnight to 5am um, which means that you're not allowed on the streets and if they stop you you need to have a valid reason otherwise you get a fine are you serious? yeah 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 wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's crazy uh, mhm mhm um, but yeah I mean the numbers they say you know um, the cases are are the number of cases are um, falling, um, but then now they're saying, "Oh, it's not true. It's still as bad." Like. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but at the end of the day it's not the best either.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So like just one final question for you. So what's um 2021 looking for Shana? So what's the, you know, what's the plan for 2021? Have you got any new year, uh, you know, plans? So what's looking for Shana? I mean,
1: 2021, I feel like 2020 has just been extended in all honesty. Man, uh, like it's
0: been a long year, man Shana has been crazy.
1: I don't I don't even feel like there is a 2021 yet. <laughs> <maybe>. But um <laughs> obviously, you know, I'm trying to I think my name goal this this year is just save up um go on a holiday because i've been good last year i didn't go anywhere um and now i'm kind of like i know it might be irresponsible for me but i'm kind of like you want know what fuck it you won't I'm,
0: get, I'm, out <laughs> gonna gonna go. get out yet i'm gonna
1: go my skin needs some vitamin d like, <laughs> like i need it i need it so um that's what i'm gonna do in 2021 and then literally i'm just gonna see and wait what it what it brings um yeah what comes in my direction
0: so have you got like you know Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. You want to, you know, tell, tell people to follow you.
1: Um. So I am on um, Instagram. Um. I am on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. However, I use, I mainly use my Twitter to reach out to big companies whenever they're not doing what they what they need to do. So
0: wait. So you like, well, those that actually complain yeah
1: Oh yeah, and it works. You know, it works. So for example, I, I'm been having issues with um ssc electricity, and okay. we all know whenever you call them, you you like in the queue for like hours Machine, and hours. Yeah. So Now I've just found it when I'm in the queue I tweet them and I'm like listen I've been in the queue for like two hours and shit is still not resolved and then they actually come back to you yeah they reply
0: okay actually okay. try that as well some Tuesday then because like I don't complain so I just kind of let things go so like no. maybe I, I have to take a page out of your book then
1: yeah yeah but um I am on Facebook but I'm more of a ghost on Facebook so that's okay. not great so um, the
0: best way to get in touch with you would be on Instagram then pretty much yeah alright cool cool
1: yeah you can uh, send a request DMs um,
0: yeah DMs DMs
1: <laughs> well or, or you can send the dm me <laughs> um oh, cool thanks, thanks for coming to the show Shana.